fans. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Sponsored by GNL Clothing and Schottenkirk Chevrolet. Out of the gun. Oh, for the turnover here. Hornybrook to throw. Fires into the end zone. Caught for a touchdown. That was the touchdown that put Wisconsin up for good. It was 21-17 at that point. They would tack on another one after an H. Stanley INT, and the final is 28-17 as the Hawks fall to 3-1 and one on the season. We'll hear from Kirk Ferentz and Nate Stanley throughout the uh, Jethro's Barbecue Soundoff, but until... Uh, you know, the next couple of minutes, it's it's me, it's Andrew Downs, and it's you, the callers, at 284-1040. Let's pick things up with Anthony in Des Moines. Anthony, welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Soundoff on News Radio hey, 1040 morning, WHO. What's up? Good morning. Well, just kind of disappointing uh, on a Saturday, but you know what? I thought the players played pretty good. I'm not putting this on the players, and the fans were terrific. I was listening to the game on the radio, watching the game on TV. But two things that comes to mind here, Travis. Why would you want to go for a fourth and goal when you could kick the field goal, put your team up three points? And you know the question is there, Travis? Where's your timeouts at? You could use your timeouts to stop to get the try to get the ball back late in the game. And uh, I'll just hang up and listen and uh, go Hawks. Thanks, Travis. Thanks, Anthony. Appreciate it. Listen, I don't have a problem going with it for it on fourth and one. I don't. Not at all. Um, what I do have a problem with, Andrew, is the play call. Um, your fullback works just fine. Yep. You're, you're actually, your running backs up the middle were working just fine. Going to the outside today, I didn't think it was that great. Uh, the jet sweep worked uh, when they did it. I didn't. I didn't like the call to Stanley. I didn't mind the fourth and one call. Yeah, I agree. Especially the first drive of the game, you're, you're trying to make a statement there. The offense looked good up to that point, and so you think, you know, if we can punch this in and, and really uh, get the first punch in. Um, and you, as you said, the the running backs, the fullback, you have a, the the best tight end in the country, maybe, and they, they've gone to him in those situations before with a lot of success. So the play call is really the thing there. I didn't have a problem with it going with them going for it fourth and one. And they have fullback Brady Ross in the formation as well. The Hawks go for it on fourth down. Stanley with a keeper. And they're pushing him forward. Yeah, he's got it. Well, not if you go by the the uh, not if you go by the mark across the way, he doesn't have it. That's the hard part about looking at it from the press box is yeah. that it gives you a different um, perspective, but by the marking they weren't even close to it, and Kirk Ferentz talked about going for it on fourth down that early in the ball game. Yeah, we wanted to play it that way. Uh, you know, things we talk about during the week, and we'd wanted to, uh, you know, play that situation aggressively. And yeah, you know, I'm not sure about the spot we got, but uh, that that's you know, there's a lot of football after that. But uh, you know, they they made a good play there, got the ball back, and you know, did a good job uh, possessing in that first half. I can tell you, coach, you got the right spot. Yes, whether yes. you agree they, they with it or not. They did not get that. No. Two eight four ten forty. Let's go to Jason on I eighty. Jason, welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Hey guys, uh, first of all, thanks for doing a late show and uh, keeping us uh, awake to have to drive back to Des Moines or further. Not a problem, uh, brother. Yeah, was that was that third down uh, marking well enough to on that first drive? I felt like they marked us uh, short on that third down, which would have affected the fourth down. I don't know if you remember that or not. Um, it was close. I mean, it was definitely close. There were a lot of spots that were close and, and weren't reviewed one way or the other. Um it, but I do remember that one, Jason. It, it was close. 
But I, but to me, you know, and that's the problem is we go by as we're watching on television, Jason. We go by that little you know laser marker yes, on the field. Right. If he went by the laser marker, I don't think he made it. Yeah. So, but again, that's not true to form. That's just a reference for us on television. But if but if we were going off the little laser marker, um, no, I don't think I don't think he made it on third down. Um, so I, yeah, go ahead. So I like the. Overall, I like the play calling. I was really frustrated on that, that final drive when we had, like, ran out on a first down, got five yards, and threw two incomplete passes and punted the ball. And I really felt like the way they were rushing the ball, running up the middle, they could have gotten at least one more first down, taking more time off the clock, used the Wisconsin start using their timeouts. Then on that final drive, take a timeout, do something different. They've got seven. Offensive lineman in the game for a lot of the game, you have nothing to adjust. You never run blitz. Just that kind of stuff kind of drives you crazy. This is a game we could have won, but I feel like this is the kind of game when we lose and the parents lost. Don't put a dime backers when you got throw, you know, throwing a ball at the end of the game. Let a tight end get beat. Fox News Radio, I'm Del Walters. Lawyers for Christine Blasey Ford say she'll testify. Ford says Judge Brett Kavanaugh sexually assaulted her 30 years ago. You know, you could have a, a hearing that has Kavanaugh, uh, you know, denying the charges and, and Christine Blasey Ford making the charges. And frankly, that might not provide any more information or any more, uh, you know, guidance to a senator trying to figure out uh, the way they want to vote on this. It could even probably muddle it further. Fox's Chad Pergram, Ohio State coach Urban Meyer is back, served a three-game suspension for how he handled abuse allegations against a former coach. I love these guys, and that's, uh, I see Ben right there. Ben knows the relationship we have with our players, and it's uh, uh, it's very special. And it's just, it's one of the great things about being a coach, coach at Ohio State, and um you know, you got your family, you got your players, you got your staff. Buckeyes won Saturday. Fox News, we report. You decide. Free bottle. Your turn, Hawkeye fans. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Sponsored by the Iowa Lottery, Cookies Food Products, and American Trust. Iowa needs five for the first down, and here's an interception by Wisconsin. You'll never get an easier one in and out of the hands of Amir Smith-Marset with 38 seconds to go. And believe it or not, Wisconsin would tack on another touchdown after that to go on to victory 28-17 over the Hawks. We have two lines open. Here's the deal. Uh, Sean, because he's a wonderful, uh, uh, extraordinary producer, we are now going straight up to the top of the hour. So now is the time to really get your calls in. If you want to reach out to us on Twitter, you can do that, uh, at SoundOffWHO. Uh, Iowa Hawkeye says this, um, play calling. Oh, just wait, Hawk fans. When Kirk Ferentz moves on, we'll get his useless son at the helm, guaranteeing medioc- mediocrity for years. <laughs> That's what I, you know, the thing about losses, Andrew. Yep. It, it makes people mad, especially when they're close losses. They want Iowa to, you know, you go back to Penn State last year. You know, Ohio State, they blew them out. You go back to, 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 to Penn State last year, um, this game, you want to win those. But don't forget Michigan, what, two years ago. I right. mean, because somebody said, boy, how many, how many last-minute drives has Iowa won in the last 10 years? I, I, I think if you were to go back, and I didn't go back and do my research because we didn't have time, but it's more than what you think. Remember, 
Pittsburgh in the undefeated yes. year, Michigan the, the, a couple years ago. There's been quite a few last-minute drives that gave Iowa victory. There have been, and, and you're exactly right. Losses make people mad. Close losses make people mad. And losses where you feel like Iowa was the better team or played better for the majority of the game, which I, th- I think is the truth about tonight. Wisconsin made the plays when they needed to make the plays. Iowa made a lot of mistakes to help Wisconsin along the way. But for the most part, Iowa was the better team tonight, and it's hard to swallow a loss like that. And in close games, when you need to make that play, you need to make the one big play, and you're not able to do it, whether it's a stop or a an offensive play, that's that really hurts. And and you know, a guy who's been there for 20 years is going to take the brunt of that. Two eight four ten forty. Let's go back to the phones. It's your voice until two o'clock this morning. It's Justin in Urbandale. Justin, welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off and News Radio 1040 WHO. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, I got to tell you, that was quite the abrupt commercial break there you guys had. And I think we can go to the top of the hour because I think you got all of the commercials in. Actually, that was next- that was actually a normal spot break. You got to be kidding no. me! Man. No, no. <laughs> okay, so anyway, you know, it, it's very disappointing. It's obviously the very disappointing outcome of the game. Um, I man, the special teams play uh, not overall, but just on three particular plays, and I sure you know which ones I'm talking about. They need to go back to school or something and, you know, get reacquainted with, uh, you know, how all that works. Uh, Gronowig's fumble, that was unfortunate. Uh, but then when he caught that that fair catch inside the five-yard line, I'm, I was just wondering to myself what he was thinking there. And then what is the other kid, number 42, what was he even doing anywhere close to that ball when he, uh, you know, when he kicked it? I have no idea what was going on there. I think those three plays right there were the big deciding factors in the outcome of the game. And, and the, um, in, the interesting thing, Justin, is, and you're talking about special teams, right? And when, yeah, when, it's so but, important. But it, well, exactly. And what people really, you know, when we talk special teams, we're talking, you know, most people think, well, punt and kickoff returns or made and yeah. missed field goals. But you rarely forget about, oh, my God, why did you fair catch right there? Yes. Oh, my God, right. why didn't you get your ass out of the way of a, of a football as it's still live on the ground? You know, it's, it's – I mean, Yeah, I thought the rule was you plant your heels on the 10-yard line, and if it goes over your head, you let it go. Yeah, exactly. And if, it, and if they down it inside the one or inside the five, it's unfortunate for you, but, you know, it's one of the things that you kind of – it's the, like the roll of the dice kind of thing with that. Hey, one other thing real quick, um, and I'm just curious. This is like a technical thing. I was listening to the post game of the Iowa State game on, uh, on uh, the bus. Yep. And I was listening to it on the radio and iHeartRadio. There is a horrible, horrible – like ground loop feedback thing, buzz coming through uh, through the audio when they're just talking, when they're doing the uh, uh, you know when they're doing the the interviews, and just when they're talking on the mics, there's a really really bad buzz on the app. That, no, it's on the radio too. All right, so it's coming through the main feed. Yeah, all might want to look into that because WHO is clean and clear. You know why? Because we're a Hawkeye station. That's right. Because we're a Hawkeye that's, station. That's kind of what I figured. Because God loves the Hawkeyes. Equipment, or if it's Iowa State's equipment, but somebody needs to look into that because it's terrible. Yeah, well, that's their second rate and there's first rate. Thanks, Justin. <laughs> Appreciate it. And here's the call that really had the biggest influence on the game tonight. The pooch kick angled away from Gronaway. Hawks get away from it. It's going to roll dead at the uh, 11. And now, what in the world... What in the world has happened? I was looking at the scoreboard. I, 
Wisconsin got on the football. They say it hit a Hawkeye. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Sean Beyer with his back to the football. The receiver is recovered by the kicking team. First down, Wisconsin. Are you kidding me? Sean Beyer was backpedaling. Trying to block. Trying to block, and he, he stepped right on the football. Here's the deal, Andrew. Rarely do we see Kirk Ferentz call out a player, right? Yes. And Kirk is very good about coach speak. He's very good about being politically correct, not going. I think he sold Sean Byer out today. And and Gary Dolphin gave him every opportunity to go coach speak, to, to yes. soft play it, to to not be direct about this. And but, good for Kirk Ferentz for, for saying what we all know. But it's a dumb play. And, uh, yeah. you know, you just can't be there. you, you got to clear out. And it looked to me like it was communicated. And uh, for whatever reason, he didn't get the message. So it's just uh, it's one you pay for. And, uh, you know, it's that that was a tough one, and then the the turnover on the punt return also, uh, mm-hmm. you know, cost us a possession there, with with good field position, which you know it's tough to get good field position against Wisconsin traditionally. It was a dumb play. Those are the words of Kirk Ferentz. Two eight four ten forty. Let's go to Clive. That's where Carl is. Carl, welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Great. How are you doing today, Carl? I'm doing well want to talk about the refs atrocious job that they did this evening and it seems like it's a pattern in the last four games um but in particular the calls where they marked the ball i think incorrectly um can the coach overturn those or at least have them reviewed uh you can probably throw a challenge on the spot but you that would be something that if you lose your challenge flag why would you waste it on that? I what what one are you talking about in particular? Because I no, think our was, vantage was, point on television. Were you at the game? First of all, were you at the game? Yeah, I was at the okay. game. Driving back home. Okay, so I guess the vantage point that I had on television and Andrew was in here with me. I don't think there were that many bad spots. Yeah, well, the ones that I draw attention to are the ones were third and one, which everyone's talked about tonight ad nauseum. But the other one was um, fourth and one. And they gave him a first down. The the marker guy said, "Yeah, we go right here. It's fourth down." And then they moved the chains, and we're all in the stands wondering what happened, and nobody challenged that. Do you know which one that was? No, I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember. And and Mark Emmert from the Des Moines Register is, is tweeting about this, like as we speak, uh, talking about what Kirk Ferentz is is saying about this, and uh, talking about the the gain enough for the first down on the game winning drive for Wisconsin. And Ferentz says, "Quote: The guy on our sideline said they were reviewing it. You can take a timeout to make yourself feel better, but basically, you're wasting a timeout. They're reviewing all of those things, and spots are always a little tough. We don't always agree with them, but we like to think they're doing it right." That's the quote from Kirk Ferentz. Uh, pertaining to that the the questionable spot, I guess, on the game winning drive for Wisconsin. Well, and you hate to waste timeouts, but we had yeah. three at the end of the game. So yeah, why not use and, and worthless after you threw the pick. And, and again, a couple of people have brought up: do, do you call a timeout? I remember this was a thing in the the Big Ten championship game against Michigan State. Do you call a timeout as they are marching down the field, seemingly for the game winning score, at least to tie the game, or do you save those timeouts in case they do put that in, and then you give yourself a little extra well, room? And I, and I think that's what they were doing. I think they thought they were going to have more than fifty seven seconds left. Yes. Uh, and Carl, thanks for the phone call. Drive safe back home. All right, bud. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, I, I think they I think they thought they were going to have more time than, what, 57 or 53 seconds yeah, right left. around there. Um, but then I didn't think they th- thought Nate Stanley was going to throw a pick either. Yeah. You know, that, that's one of those things like, do you 
Do you foul the three-point shooter? Right. You know, it's one of those. Yes. It, it, it's a coaching philosophy. It is. That, that will always kind of be questioned. And it'll go either way, right? You, you yeah. do it one way all the time, and yeah. sometimes you'll win, sometimes you'll lose. Uh, let's go back to the phones. 284-1040. Bill in Libertyville, Illinois. Welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off on News Radio 1040 WHO. Thank you, fellas. I wanted to talk uh, for a little bit about number 49 for the Hawkeyes. I won't say his name because I'm sure that some people would be upset about that, that it would be unkind to him. But if you look at the last six minutes of the game where the touchdown pass was thrown to his man, he's running right alongside the guy. Nobody bumped him. Nobody tripped him. Nobody had tied up feet with each other. And he just flat out fell down. And the ball goes to the Wisconsin receiver into the end zone for a touchdown. When the game was probably out of hand then, with a few more minutes left, around the far side, which would be the Wisconsin side of the field, where they ran around end all the way into the end zone, once again, he's running alongside the guy with the best shot at him and the best angle, and simply, once again, nobody bumped him. He just fell down and rolled out of bounds. I had an advantage to rewind it and watch it. So when you guys have a chance to do that, see what you think, because it's not being mean. It's being uh, astonished that that would be a Big Ten uh, uh, defense player. And I believe this was the play you're talking about late. Arnie Brook has one running back. That's Taylor. A couple tight ends. And they run the fullback on a counter, and he may go to the end zone. Yep, touchdown, Wisconsin. That'll seal it. Oh, that'll make it look ugly, too. Yeah. I mean, the score-wise. Is that the one you're talking about, Bill? Well, that, that, was, that was sort of after the after the most egregious one, I'm talking about the touchdown pass that, that that really killed us, where his man caught the ball because he just flat fell down with nobody touching him. Okay. You know, the the one before that. It's all in the last six minutes, and he's right in the well, center of the screen. Had to be in the last minute because that last <laughs> touchdown came with 53 seconds to go. Well, I don't mean that last touchdown because that was the end-around run. I'm talking about the one that put Wisconsin ahead a few minutes before that. No, it wasn't a few minutes. It was literally like well, on, the, on the score clock, and it had been this one. Hold on. Out of the gun. Oh, for the turnover here. Barney Brook to throw. Fires into the end zone. Caught for a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so that happened with, with 57 seconds yeah. left, and that, one, that last touchdown happened with 32 seconds left. So, all right, guys. All right thanks, Bill. Appreciate it, man. Bye. Bye. I know what he meant because it was yeah. like ten minutes of TV commercials. <laughs> uh, was anybody watching Fox tonight? Raise your hand if you thought there were way too many TV commercials tonight. Ridiculous. Oh my God. You know, and we work in media. We understand the value of advertising. Yeah. Thank you, Jethro's best stuff ever. However, these TV timeouts are getting ridiculous. Ridiculous, what, and and people were tweeting that the boos in the stadium when they would have the media timeouts, another media timeout. People are now booing. Uh, so it, it wasn't just us on TV who were noticing that; it was people in the stands noticing the pace of this game was a little off. We got uh, about three lines open at two eight four ten forty again two eight four ten forty. You can tweet us at Sound Off WHO. Remember when you're growing up and you're watching the game, it, you knew you'd have a timeout after a touchdown, and it would be like every other. Um, change of possession. Right now, it's every change of possession and every touchdown. It's like, oh my goodness, this stuff's never going to end. Oh, but you know what? We got to see a good game and sound off's on until two o'clock in the morning. So, what more could you want? Two eight four ten forty. Let's go to JJ in North Liberty. JJ, welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Boy, you guys do a wonderful job because I've never had this. Last caller is exactly right. 
the caller before that, because I sit right on the 29, 30-yard line, and there's no way that they made that first down. And are you saying they made the touchdown with less than a minute to go to go ahead in the game? Is that what you said? Uh, I believe so, yeah. And no one even thought he came close to it. They just moved the chains ahead. But what I'm calling about, just before that call, you were talking about, and I don't know the player that the ball touched his, his leg, and I was walking back to our car with Wisconsin people, very nice Wisconsin people, and listening to uh, play-by-play uh, Mr. Dolphin talking to Coach Ferentz. And you called it. And he said, and Mr. Dolphin's been sure coding things for the last four to five years more and more. And Mr. F- Coach Ferentz says, no, that was a dumb call. We should have been away from it. And I just sat there and I applauded. Yeah, I mean, he rarely does that, right? I mean, that's... Uh, yeah, but he should do it more because I, <laughs> in all form, you listen to... Uh, I could say other broadcasters, I'm just not picking on... They, they can't do any wrong. In high school, I was a coach. My brother, coach, you get away from... And they, I think you use the... Ass word. Get your ass away from the ball. <laughs> I mean, come on. And I think it was well said, and I hope you got my point. Great I, show, guys. Thanks, JJ. Travis, we kind of looked at each other when, when Farron said that. It was like, yeah. whoa, We're okay. Like, yeah, I mean, it was like, wow. You know, to, to Gary's defense, listen, I, I, I think Gary would like to be more critical at times, but let's not forget the broadcast is a University of Iowa broadcast, right? Yes. Um, and, and I'll come to Gary's defense on this because, um, you, you know, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Uh, I think fans would like to hear more more critical analysis maybe sometimes, but then you got to answer to, hey, the administration going, you're being too critical. Right. Or you'd like to hear maybe some tougher questions out of, uh, you know, to Kirk Ferentz. But then you got to get on the bus with Coach saying, hey, don't ask me that question. Yeah, and yeah. Gary Dolphin isn't, isn't the local newspaper reporter yeah. who's trying to write an objective story you know. or get the tough question, get the tough answer, put Kirk on the spot. He is paid by the University of Iowa and Learfield Sports to do a job, and he does it. Hey, where's everybody at? We're on until 2 o'clock in the morning. Don't you give up on us, 284-1040. Let's go to Newton. That's where Jason is. Jason, welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. What's up? Hey, just back into town, but uh, Travis, I just want people to remember, R-E-L-A-X, relax. It's going to be okay. We got to remember we're not as bad as the team that's off to the west border. That's true. Nebraska <laughs> got drilled today. We, we could have been Nebraska today. I mean, yes, this one does chap the backside, but R-E-L-A-X, we're going to be okay. Time management was terrible towards the end of the game, but we also got to give Kirk Ferentz a round of applause, I think, for actually going for it on fourth and one on that north end zone towards the beginning. Um, I think that, yeah, you could have took three points, but I think that kind of shows a lot about Kirk actually wanting to try to go for it and get a big lead against these guys and give the defense something to build off of. But I think the defense did okay today. 
All right, thanks, Jason. I appreciate it. And here was Kirk Ferentz, by the way, talking about going for it on that fourth down early in the ballgame. Yeah, we wanted to play it that way. Uh, you know, things we talk about during the week, and we'd want to do, uh, you know, play that situation aggressively. And, you know, I'm not sure about the spot we got, but uh, that that's, you know, there's a lot of football after that. But, uh, you know, they, they made a good play there, got the ball back, and you know, did a good job uh, possessing in that first half. 284-1040. Let's go back to the phones. Paul, welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off on News Radio 1040 WHO. Hey, thanks, guys. Uh, yeah, I got a, a few things to mention. One, uh, I mean, overall, the offense uh, did much better against this uh, Wisconsin defensive scheme. Now, granted, uh, you know, Wisconsin had seven guys graduate, and I think one. One holdover from last year uh, was injured, so you know it's it's probably personnel-wise not as good as last year's defense for Wisconsin. But still, what Iowa had about 400 yards, and compared to last year's, like 64 yards or something. So that's a plus. Uh, I think we might we might have, we might have some uh, sh- uh, shaky cornerback play going on. I I think our corners. They're getting turned and getting lost, and um, uh, other teams are going to see this on tape. And I'm not, I'm not sure if they need to change their technique or what, but um, that that could be a problem. Otherwise, this is a pretty good defense here. Uh, pretty good defense. Um, and then uh, you know, there's there's an old coach is saying, uh, and I might have been. Aiden Fry that I heard say it was, you know, on the Iowa's first drive when you go for uh, you go for it on fourth down, even even though I didn't like a quarterback sneak as the call. Um, uh, I think one of the things they say is you got to time to take chances is. Uh, when you're when it's early in the ball game, yeah, no, and I, hey, you know, Paul, you know, I think you're referring to Ojemudia too. I mean, Ojemudia got picked on a he lot did. tonight. He did. And he, yeah, yeah, he, you know, uh, he got turned around. Oh, yeah, 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 he got turned around. Oh, on that last, on the on the last long drive they had, where they had about a thirty or forty yard pass that uh, he got beat on. Uh, that really gave. I mean. They gave Wisconsin that pad, padding of time. Uh, otherwise, Wisconsin is going to have a tough time grinding it out five yards at a time. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they got a big couple big pass plays there. So, uh, Otherwise, you know, I think if the Haw- uh, Hawks looking good, I think they I think they can win most of their games going out. Well, they should, should and they should and, just based off the schedule. I mean, so yeah, yeah, and Wisconsin's got some tough road games, so the the West isn't over yet. The Big Ten West isn't over yet. I, I don't think. I, I would agree with you, and thanks for the phone call, Paul. Yeah, you bet, Mike. I would agree, Andrew, that the West isn't over. However. The road now goes through Madison. Yes. It does not go through Iowa City. It started going through Iowa City, but once Iowa lost today, the Big Ten West no longer goes through Iowa City. Now, Wisconsin basically has a two-game lead on Iowa yeah. now with the tiebreaker. With the tiebreaker. So, you know, do I think Wisconsin is going to lose again this year? Yes. But do I think Iowa is going to lose again this year? Yes. Yes. So, 
um, Iowa doesn't control its own destiny anymore. That's the, and that's the problem. Yes. And, you know, as we sit here in September and talk about whether or not Iowa lost the Big Ten West today, it it gets a little ridiculous. It, it is time to relax a little and realize there's a lot of football yet to be played. But you're exactly right. Iowa had a chance to control its own destiny, to have a special season, and to to really take control of the Big Ten West, uh, not just for this year, but maybe kick Wisconsin a little bit and say, hey, we're not you know the team that you just pick on every year. Didn't happen tonight. Let's go back to the phones. 284-1040. Brent on I-80. Welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Got about a minute, Brent. Okay. Oh, well, we didn't beat the <clears throat> didn't beat the man today, just like just like I was hoping for, but uh, the West is definitely over for us. There, there is no realistic way that we're going to win the West at this point. Now, why do you um, say that? Um, just be, just for the, that, that reason, if we if there's any tiebreaker, Wisconsin gets it. So if we, we're going to lose at least one more time. I can guarantee you that. I would Probably agree with you. Two more times. <clears throat> I bet we lose at least two more games. Wow. Um, and uh, the other thing, too, I'd say is everyone's lauding the defense, but I didn't think the defense played all that great. Wisconsin gouged just every single possession on first down, constantly getting five to six yards right up the middle. And that really hurt us. We, we rarely were able to flip the field. Uh, the defense gave up a uh, 95-yard drive after after we went for it on fourth. They didn't shut them down after on uh, a third and long. that We gave up a touchdown after that stupid uh, fumble on the punt return. And then they gave up the, the game-closing uh, drive there that really beat us at the end. I mean, defense was okay, but I, I think they're getting a lot more credit than they really well, it, they it, did not play that well. You know when I thought they played the best? Uh, Brent was especially in the third quarter. I think um, Wisconsin had 100 yards rushing in the first half. They had 32 or 36 total in that third quarter and that first part of the fourth. And that's when they, I thought they were playing their best. But you're right. That last drive, there were there were a lot of breakdowns. And there was th- a couple third downs, third and six, that you, you got to make those stops. And they just they weren't uh, able to do it. And, again, Ojemudia. Time and time again, got yep. picked on, or he got turned around. Thanks for the phone call, buddy. Appreciate it. Wow, we're up to 1 o'clock in the morning. Darla in Altoona, Tommy in Hampton, Dan in Elkhart. Stay and hold. we got a couple lines open. Get them in now at 284-1040. WHO, Des Moines, and iHeart Radio Station. And on your HD radio, KDRB HD2. News Radio 1040, WHO. Dr. Ford may testify on Thursday. I'm Ann Carrick, Fox News. Lawyers for Christine Blase Ford said she will appear before the Senate Judiciary Committee to testify about her claims of sexual assault by Judge Brett Kavanaugh when both were in high school. Fox's Chad Pergram reports there are many unanswered questions. It doesn't say anything about format. That's something that Chuck Grashley, the chair of the Judiciary Committee, has left open for her to appear in, in a closed setting, to appear in an open setting, for them to go to California and interview her with a trans transcribed interview. It doesn't say anything about that. It's silent. Democrats accuse the GOP of rushing Kavanaugh's nomination. Republicans say Democrats sat on the allegation and now are trying to delay the vote until after the midterms. The Vatican reached a provisional deal with the Chinese government to end a three-decade struggle over the right to appoint bishops in China. Vatican spokesperson Greg Bark. The objective of the accord is not political, but it's pastoral. What that means is that uh, the faithful in, in China, that they have bishops who are in communion with the Pope, but at the same time recognized by the Chinese authorities. 
Pope Francis now set to recognize seven bishops appointed by the Chinese government. The New York Times says Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein suggested secretly recording President Trump and possibly recruiting cabinet members to invoke the 25th Amendment. Fox's Ellison Barber. A source in the room when Rosenstein's initial comments were made told Fox News they were made sarcastically. A senior DOJ official who has direct knowledge of the meeting from Rosenstein and others, they told Fox News McCabe and Rosenstein were having a heated conversation, essentially going back and forth with McCabe saying that Rosenstein, who oversees the Russia probe, was getting in the way of aggressively investigating the administration. And that back and forth, the source claims that Rosenstein said, what do you want me to do, Andy? Wear a wire. Rosenstein calls the story inaccurate and factually incorrect. Fox News, fair and balanced.